0: Welcome, everyone. This is the Pencil In Podcast, the show where two working artists and creators chat with guests. I'm Ingrid. And I'm Lindsay.
1: We're going to be discussing so many interesting subjects with you guys. art, uh, sketch cards, collecting, publishing, tools, materials, all sorts. Perhaps we can finally understand why we all do this to ourselves.
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show today we're doing a foursome we have uh the mccw podcast on the show that would be the marvel card collectors worldwide with ian taylor and Norrin rad welcome to the show we can't wait to talk with you today hey how are you hey everybody (laughs) hi ian hi
1: Norrin. well we're all feeling good today aren't we so where i'd like to start is i think i'd like to start finding out when you started collecting cards and what first got you into that.
2: Oh, go, go
3: for it. Me? Um, Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. So I, it was, I was very young and um, it was during the nineties craze of Marvel cards. So they were everywhere and I was very quick to, to find them. Um, I'd always been a fan of Marvel comic books and, Got into comic books and then cards almost immediately after. So there wasn't much of a bridge. And I loved, I love the idea of being able to, because I've always been very kind of like uh, creative and, you know, I, you know, my day job, you know, I I teach screenwriting at university. I, I write, you know, all this other kind of stuff that I've done um so I've always been in that frame of mind and I love composition art design and so forth so these cards when I found them you know they're so creative they're so interesting a lot of hearts were poured into them and a lot of talent was poured into them so it was really amazing to feel that connection to these things and categorize them and look at them and you know it it felt really fun and exciting um so very quickly yeah starting when I was a kid and then it was around oh god I don't remember the date Ian it was like a couple years before we met, basically. And Ian is better updates than I ever will. We're like a married couple in <laughs> that sense. Um, I'm the goldfish. And so basically, yeah, um, I was in my MFA and I was like, well, these poetry people are driving me crazy. <laughs> and I was like, I need something to calm my head down. So I went into collecting cards and, and I was like, all right, I'm going to do a Silver stirfer collection, which which is my main focus. And a couple of years later, hunting and looking around, I met Ian. And uh, yeah, here we are today, years later.
1: How many silver, silver Surfer cards do you think you've got now?
3: Ooh, good stuff. Um, I'm probably... So Silver Surfer Master Collection means foreign sticker, tattoos, pogs, all this stuff. So, and all the cards, every card he's ever been on. I'm probably only missing two or three and all the years Marvel marble cards have been out. Um, yeah, so I have, it's a it's a big collection. I'm very, I'm very fortunate to have it. Um, I have a lot of really beautiful pieces here. Who has to be over 500, 600. I mean, just looking at the key, <laughs> Ingrid's like, oh my God, man. Yeah, it's a little much, it's a little much. Yeah, it's uh, it's basically this stuff in here. Ian, Ian outdoes me in every way. But yeah, <laughs> I think those so. three
1: boxes right there. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean but, it's kind of funny that um, when when I was when I was a kid in the 80s, like, I was big into Ninja Turtles and stuff, but I remember I had some Marvel cards. I'm still big into Ninja Turtles, I'm obsessed. Yes. But, <laughs> I had some Marvel cards and you know the 80s style of um, Marvel characters, Storm and and all that. I absolutely love, I only had three random ones, I don't know where they came from, but as a kid I used to sit and look at them for ages, just looking at the artwork and the line work.
3: Well, it was so funny because that's what happened to me, I I, I moved um, from Miami, Florida where I was born and raised local there, when I was like 20-something to North Carolina and, for the school I went to, and I brought some of my Marvel cards with me, and I only had like three or seven, you know, maybe like maybe like 15 tops that are like over the years I've kept and I really cherished and that's the same thing I would do I would just be like oh, man, I just love the look it was like a Ron Limb Silver Surfer and I was like Ron Lim is the best for Silver Surfer you know because it's the one I grew up on but no same thing happened to me it was it was just this really fun kind of glimpse at these designs that were always very appealing to me.
1: And you're charmed by the collecting as well and the fact oh, I can get more of these and add to this and
3: you know, the collecting is weird because on the surface, I, I've, I think I've always been someone who collects things. Cause I don't like a lot of clutter. I don't like a lot of things around me. I like the minimalistic type of thing. I just do, even in like artwork. I like the sketchy. I like the the lines. I like the, the smaller things about the piece that make the story like that for me, just takes me away. Um, So I didn't think I would get into it like this, but it was really the community and like my friends and like, it became so much fun and hanging out. And yeah, I just, I'm not, I'm very extroverted on the podcast and in person when people meet me, they can, they feel that way, but I'm also very much introverted in the sense that I need my quiet headspace time. And you know what I mean? I like to look at nature. I like to like doze off as much as possible (laughs) Um, and wander with you. Yeah, so it's 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 just the way I am. But it was really, it's really the hobby, which is why I've done you know so much with Ian and stuff like that, because it's been it's nice to have friends, you know. Honestly, as corny as that sounds, that's been really
2: the nicest part.
1: So, Ian, how about you? How did you get started collecting?
2: Well, I was born at a very early age in Devon, and um, if you're if
3: you're
0: born at an early age, I think.
2: (laughs) <laughs> not benjamin button come on no no exactly <laughs> unless you're unless you're Brad Pitt
0: um
2: I um my first experience with cards wasn't anything to do with Marvel in fact I discovered Marvel some years later my first cards I remember were I would have been about six or seven would have been Star Trek the motion picture which were available in news agents over here um and um Star Trek uh, Star Wars the original movie um, cards, which I saw those cards long before I saw the movie, you know, relatively. Um, so, and I remember I had some Star Trek, the motion picture cards. I didn't have all of them, um, but I used to watch the episodes of the '60s series on BBC two on Tuesdays at six o'clock. Uh, Lindsay, you might, might, might have some uh, frame of reference for that. I don't know. Um, and in, the, in those days in the UK, there were literally like two channels. <laughs> but like you know um and then it came through and it began for this is long before cable or digital or satellite or anything like that um so i and i used to love and still do love star trek and so i cherish those motion picture cards and I, I don't think i have a full set and i don't have them anymore it's actually i'd love to get back that set at some point um fast forward kind of four or five years, so I guess I'm about maybe maybe nine or 10 at this point, point. Um, and news agents in the UK used to stock American comic books, maybe about three months after they'd come out in the, in the US, um, and it'd be complete potluck as to what books would come in, you know, and, you know it wouldn't be the full range at all, um, and I remember three, three or four months on the trot, my mum could afford to buy me um, some books. And I went for Spider-Man. So I went for Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, and Webber of Spider-Man, which were all coming out at the same time. Um, and it, it absolutely blew my mind, because I was aware of Spider-Man, and he'd been in some UK comics, but I'd never read an American comic of Spider-Man. So, plus the fact that you had Spectacular Spider-Man and Web of Spider-Man, and they were crossing over with each other. So all of a sudden, it's a bigger world, it's like... Yeah, my mind goes crazy. Um, Fast forward to being a pimply teenager when a comic shop opens in the nearest big town, which is still a pretty big thing in the UK for a comic shop, a bricks-and-mortar shop to actually exist, let alone still be going after all these years, and there still are. Um, And I remember him getting in Marvel Universe 1992, so Marvel Universe set three getting them in and opening them and having previews with the with the uncut promos in you know those big thick phone book previews yeah um do they still make those previews like
3: really no they don't man but yeah they're they're amazing I, yeah, I, no I got, yeah it was
2: it's a thick yeah. book. it was like it yeah. was before wizard basically yeah. um and I'd see people opening them and you know I was I was at college by this point I had no money at all I had zero disposable income you know in fact I was in negative equity at that time so I couldn't <laughs> I could just I could just see other people opening these cards and I'd just go in and just hang in the comic shop not being able to afford anything
1: Were you living in Devon at the time this, Yeah I was living it's... in North Devon Is it um, that little comic book shop that's down a little alleyway Yeah Church Lane in Basketball. I've been.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, run by uh, Graham, Graham uh, Hill, actually, who um, is building up quite a head of steam as an artist in, in his own right um, now. He's very active on on Facebook. I don't think he's been on any sets. Maybe he has, I don't know. But anyway, they still run the this, this comic shop. Um,
1: I've got a Simpsons, um, the collector figure that I got from there, like, 20-odd yeah. years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's
3: funny. This is the thing we're always missing on our podcast because Ian will stay places, and I'm
2: like, it could be <laughs> anywhere. Like,
3: do the know What he's talking that's about. The but the the, <laughs> the, the
2: the scene over here is so 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 small. You know, right? Uh, compared to the U.S. And, and and Canada, I mean, I don't know how much you have in Canada, but at least you have a big sports card scene. You know, there are yeah. there are um, stickers and cards in stores over here they are largely sports and these days they're largely kind of games and premier league things, you know, soccer, um, for, for translation, uh, for, for the Americans watching and listening. Um, <laughs> but there's not, there's not, there's not much there. And certainly nothing in terms of even in the nineties, there was nothing in the terms of that Marvel car product that made it into mainstream supermarkets, newsagent stores. So, you know, you only had had that there. Um, So anyway, fast forward, um, I was, um, and then I went off to college and started working in in West End Theatre and and what have you, and then in around 2007, you know, I was still kind of collecting comics on and off as I could, Um, uh, Marvel, you know, mainly Spider-Man related, and then I was working on Sharsby Avenue in London, and I was 50 yards away from Forbidden Planet, which is the big um, Lindsay, you've probably heard of it because i've got two oh, around the UK. Yeah. there's one in new york as well at least there was um what is that for those it's of us like a, a huge forbidden mecha mecha planet comic is book store. a pop culture um store so the, the london mega store moved a few times um but i went in there uh last month with my daughter who's six for the first time and she she loved it and she ended up coming out with the, the pikachu uh, toy um but they've got action figures, they've got manga, they've got books, they've got uh, trading card games, and they've got comics and graphic novels,
1: um, and any, you know anything related to pop culture stuff. Um, Last time yeah. I was in London. Sorry to interrupt you again, but I went, I went to Forbidden Planet, and I was looking for some Sandman stuff because I'm a big Sandman fan. Mm,
3: that's cool.
1: There was somebody sat there signing graphic novels, and it was, it um, was it that did V for Vendetta. Oh. Um,
3: um uh, alan it's not alan moore it's he's um, the writer
2: i think but you're thinking are you thinking of the artist
1: like because i'd never heard of it alan moore, oh. big beard yeah i think it was yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah
2: he's
1: a, uh, he's a crazy, crazy mofo signed or anything i was just like i've never heard of that and carried on yeah. like, just
3: <laughs> carried on you're like oh, that's cool
1: yeah I'm, like, <laughs> I'm always like that for me a celebrity walks past me somebody will go yeah. that know, yeah
2: <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been, it's always really good doing signings. They do artist signings, loads. I've been to a few comic signings there. Um, I went to Kevin Smith did a signing there a few years back. Um, the 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 big one I remember going to is up uh, Zack Snyder uh, when Batman v Superman came out. Oh. Did a Signing and I queued for two hours. I'm oh, talking early because I was <laughs> literally I had to cross the road to join the queue. Uh, queued for two hours and got got um, an art book signed from that. And, got a photo of them, oh, lovely fella. Anyway, um, and they had, um, oh, I, I used to go in there most lunch breaks and just, just look and browse, and they had in Marvel Masterpieces 2007. And I was like, okay, I remember Marvel Masterpieces because I remember it coming out in 92 and then having some packs along the Marvel Universe, and 92 was the first year it came out, go, And I remember looking and thinking, oh, okay, I'm an adult now, I have disposable income and i'm in a store that sells them in the uk i'll have some of those please (laughs) pack go back to the office open them love them go back the following day rest of the box thank you go back the following day they've opened another box of course uh, each box has been cherry picked i never once got a sketch um which is fine um went back and i I think i got for about three boxes worth and kind of cleared them out of all the boxes they got in um and yeah absolutely loved it and then 2008 came in only a few months later because the 2007 was was slowing coming over and then i discovered sketch cards and i was thinking oh hang on a minute there's sketch cards and i really like that black cat character from spider-man when i was 10 because she made me feel a bit tingly <laughs> so, and I go on eBay and have a look? And oh yes, there are sketch cards of Black Hat. Order, click. It arrives a few weeks later. My, like, oh. and, and the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> and you were hooked. <laughs> yeah, and I was hooked. Yeah, and then I started kind of. Well, that's very, a great yeah. question
1: to ask. Actually, right like, yeah. at, at what point? did you realize I'm a big grown-up adult now and I can buy what I want? And what did you buy? So yours was all your, all your Marvels cards. No, I went yeah. and got the full set of Turtles figures from 2002.
3: Ooh. That's a great set of figures. That's good stuff, actually. That's not a bad idea.
1: <laughs> and the woman at the checkout, is it—is it, it somebody's birthday? I'm like, no, they're all...
3: <laughs> I have a great made-up <laughs> <laughs> nephew I always go to. It's really good. It's good uh-huh. stuff. I get less dirty looks. What <laughs> <laughs> <So,
1: laughs> is this? For you, Naran? When you realized I'm a big adult, I've got money and I can
3: buy what I want. God, it's happened recently, so uh, <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> well, because I'm, I you know, I teach at a university as a lecturer, so it's like really no pay and and horrible conditions over here, and you know, a lot of the workforce over here in the US, like around the world, has, has been really in, dismantled and you know, uh, uh, being abused, uh, quite a bit, but for me it was, um, gosh, just recently I would, I just kind of, I, I, I can't remember the card because it's been like for a long time I've had to always like buy stuff and then sell something to get something different. And it's always been kind of like that, that pa- that uh, relationship between my collection. And it's only till recently where I was like, you know what? Nope. I feel good about this. I got money off to the side now for this. And now, and now I'm just extremely picky when I spend money, Mm. but I'm getting close. I'm getting close to that moment where I'm like, it's okay. I pay my own bills. I I solve my (laughs) own problems. Excuse me. And I can can get that. So it's there. It's happening in a (laughs) minute.
0: I'd like to quickly interject and ask you guys. So obviously like you have your podcast and you're both Marvel fans um and you're well maybe not new to the sketch card thing but it hasn't been 20 years or anything like that so what do you think of the sketch card uh as an add-on to the trading cards that you guys have been collecting
2: um well for me it was the it was the first thing i collected of black cat i i it at least, where are we now, 20, I can't believe I'm having to look at numbers, We're in 2022, so I'm 14 years in collecting black cat at this point, and it's okay, only really in the last four years that I've started collecting outside of sketch cards, and now the majority of my black cat collection is non-sketch cards, um, not that I, I mean I've trimmed a little bit, um, but um, it's just that I, I very much went... It wasn't Noreen that led me down this dark path, but it is a dark path. Um, yeah. As in, I now... I've just opened it, actually. Um, I have a spreadsheet of every known card or sticker or um, trading card uh, game um, that has Black Cat on. Um, and it's a spreadsheet of some size now. <laughs> it's... Um, oh. So I where her first appearance was on a trading card i know where her first appearance was on a sticker um and i've been tracking them down and every day is a first day at school on this because no one will do something like he did this morning and i open it and i'm like mother and it's something you no know, it's was wondering if you had that or not <laughs> Yeah, Well, I've got it unsealed, but... I, you it's saw the seal, that was pretty yeah, cool. But that's the thing. So yeah. no one has just sent me a, an image of a card I own, but it's still sealed in a promo cellophane thing, and it came with a specific thing. So, of course, I have to own it. So that, you know, that's where I am now. So in terms of sketch cards, um, they, were, they were always the, the main meal for me. Now they are very much the shavings of truffle on the top because I'm quite fussy
0: about them. So what do you do with your collection? Are you do, are you planning to to uh, like expose it, hang it on the wall, or are you keeping it in a book for just to bring out when you want to? Uh,
2: well, well, neither. Um, to be honest with you, I don't I don't display anything at the moment because I'm in a loft, and as you can see, there's quite a lot of natural light right above my my baldy shiny head here. Um, so if I put anything on the walls up here, a most of the walls are sloping, so I haven't got, actually got much wall space to hang on them. And B it would just get you know naked right. by the sun um so uh but most of my stuff i keep in um i've got these metal flight cases uh now for my black cat collection i've got one for my sketches and one for my non-sketches um i've since acquired a couple more for other things and um yeah i just like to look through them and like to look at them and um you know i do plan to uh we're moving home soon um get it more organized and start to put some online you know in a permanent place where people you know see them and look at them but i you know i share stuff when
1: when time allows on my instagram i've got an
2: instagram just for my black
1: cat collection would um, you be interested in a a5 black cat drawing i can say I've, I've got one that i did ages ago it's been hanging around i can send you it i'm but...
2: always interested in anything related to black cat yes very much so very well, much so- yeah. thank you very kind of you. Very
1: um kind. <laughs> How did you how did you two come together to create start doing your podcast? Then
3: it started with a restraining order, I think. Yeah, and then there was that, it slowly moved into a friendship. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's I think right. that's what it was.
2: That, yeah, there was there was there was there was there was a carrot involved. I know that anyway. Yeah, um, <laughs> we um, <laughs> where did that come from? Um, so I so, Lindsay, you you will know as best as I I'm sure that there it's pretty thin on the ground in terms of card card scene in the UK. Um so I I joined a number of um online communities. Scoundrel uh, was the first one.
0: Were you on Scoundrel?
2: Uh, when? I- or two? The two of you? Uh, I was yeah I was Me uh, too. back in two thousand eight I joined and you know I remember doing live openings on there for
3: I remember yeah. seeing your work for the first time, Ingrid, on Scoundrel. I remember, yeah. I remember all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it's awesome.
0: So you remember all the the good times and the the weird times that happened. The weird times.
2: <laughs> yeah, so he's, I, uh, I kind of I kind of dipped out of the hobby for a few years when when um, the weird times happened and came back and Scoundrel had kind of tumbleweeds. You know, it was like yeah,
3: it was, faded it out
2: and, and so, a so, so so yeah. Um, so I started looking on Facebook and joining you know, card groups on Facebook. And um, a lot of them were quite frustrating in that, A, um, you could kind of almost say anything you want to someone without getting a punch in the mouth, which I was like, you know, come on. Uh, and B, um, a lot of them were only shipping lower 48 for continental US only. And I'm like, okay, it's fine, but I'm in the UK, you know. Come on, it's, a, it's not just limited to the, to the US. And I, I get that some people might not want to, but to those people, I say shut up. Um, so, because it's, it's, it's the postal system, it works perfectly well. So, um, so I set up my own group. I thought, screw this. I'm going to set up my own group where um, um, you know. And I, I, I was kind of at the time I was into collecting retro video games, and there was some pretty, pretty bonkers scene in terms of stuff that comes out gets very limited you get a lot of people after the same thing and you know it, it can be quite um um it it can turn into a dumpster fire very quickly without certain rules and things like that oh, oh we have someone running across the background oh no they're going uh, um, I, I thought we had a pitch invasion um and so i set up my own group and i carried over some of these rules so i i wanted to make it so that first first thing is Anyone who joins the group who wants to buy and sell or trade has to be willing to do so worldwide. And you know, it's like fair enough. You know, it's, you know it's, that's kind of what I wanted. Secondly, you know, I wanted everything out in the open. Right? So you know, if you want to sell, if you want to sell on the group, everything stays on comments. You can actually see things, and you move to private messaging when you've done the deal. You know, to swap your details and things like that. It just keeps things a lot fairer, especially with with a lot more limited cards out there these days and stuff like that. Um, And, yeah, um, it was a a fairly slow start. And then I started another group, because I'm crazy like that, for Marvel Masterpieces. And when Marvel Masterpieces collectors went live, one of the artists who'd been on um, uh, Masterpiece 95, Dave Reese, joined on day one instantly invited people that he was friends with, like Joe Drisco, Julie Bell, Boris, Greg Hildebrand, Nelson from 95, they all came into the group and then they started interacting with each other and with collectors and then loads of people joined and then that, then weirdly.
0: Can I just interrupt you for a mini second and then please go on. Could you repeat some of those names, please?
2: Yeah, uh, well, not Julie um,
0: Bell. You didn't say Julie Bell, and and
2: what uh, Boris Beliau? Really, uh,
0: Boris yeah. Beliau. I mean, no.
2: Yeah, I mean, he does. Boris doesn't really use his Facebook profile, so he's in the group, <laughs> but he, he's never he's never posted in the group.
0: I used to uh, click Star Starlog Magazine way back in the day, and he, he yeah. Got- I, ha- I had the whole like the whole collection for for a while. Yeah, don't anymore. Yeah, but anyway. um, he posted a lot of paintings in there, and it's like I fell in love with his work. It was just oh, oh he's amazing. And then had Greg Hildebrand too.
2: Greg Hildebrand, oh. yeah. He again, Go. he doesn't, he doesn't. He's posted maybe half a dozen times. Uh, Simone Bianchi oh. uh, joined. Um, he's he's been really good. He's done some exclusive <laughs> video content for the group. So, um,
1: so it's interesting. Fun in
2: itself. <laughs> it was, it's pretty good yeah i was the same i was like oh like, we all did it all right. of us did yeah. it when the, uh, <laughs> when the group happened yeah. they were showing up we were just like yeah um <laughs> and, and then no one had joined and and no and i really got on and um no one immediately got the fact that you know if you limit yourself to just the us you're closing doors for yourself because especially with the modern Marvel Masterpieces set, they're limited sets. And, you know, there are collectors in New Zealand, there are collectors in Europe, there are collectors in South America, and, yeah, you know, there are artists in all those territories as well. And if you just say you're only going to deal with people in the US, then you close yourself off from one-of-one um, of one pieces from limited numbered pieces that there may be only 10 of. So I think I think that actually worked in our favour. And then no came on as a co admin on the groups. And then I said... You want to start a podcast because i've been wanting to start one for years before you can started the groups and then it kind of felt like the right moment and then we're almost three years in, in that's gonna be three years three
0: years congratulations yeah but i have to say the biggest congratulations is the fact that you actually got to interact with greg hildebrandt oh my god and the Borises. Is... i'm speechless that's <laughs> well it
3: was it was it was really amazing um so Basically what happened to when I came on is that I did some design work for the group stuff, posters, things like that for people to enjoy. And to all, the logos, comes, all, all the logos, all the logos, fun stuff, you know? Yeah, And we did all that stuff. And I think the thing that Ian and I also clicked on, not only the worldwide thing, because God, I have so many friends now in New Zealand, Australia, the UK, like it's so idiotic to think that only one country would have, especially with collectibles, right? Collectibles is that unique thing where it's so infused in the community aspect of having it be worldwide because all these pieces do get distributed, right? People move, people go mm. places, you know. Um, but the second part of all this was that Ian and I was like, okay, we have the artists in here, right? Not only are we starting this podcast, but we're kind of in this great opportunity uh, position where we can kind of record something and track the history of this because it's strange because marble cards yeah. are very much because it's artist-based, right? And this goes back to sketch cards, which is just something we're going to start doing now. But with art-based stuff, you do have these artists that have these careers and they move and they, and they either go into fantasy or comic book art, sci-fi art, uh, novels, covers of novels or illustrations, you know, whatever they may be. And we're like, well, where are they now? What are they doing? What was it like painting this Wolverine card that everyone like, gushes over now? You know what I mean? Like, what were your thought process? And And I'm very art focused and so is Ian. And we very much love everything about that discussion. So we were like, okay, we're just going to get them on the podcast. So between Ian and I, We've been getting everybody (laughs) to eventually come on like Greg Hildebrandt, like Julie, like Boris. And it was insane. And and they're all so pleasant and so lovely on top of that. Um, Even the original uh, creative director, Bob Udyansky, uh, Ken Ken Benoff, right. There's been people who were in the Marvel, like around, like saying, Hey, let's make Marvel into trading cards. And we've gotten a chance to speak with them and record that history. And that's kind of, it became in a strange way it's always been fun work but in a strange way it's become kind of important work because every hobby needs to have that kind of recorded history that oral history this and let me think, please yeah, let me
0: just interject this is oh like so please fundamentally i i'm i'm so on board with that point of view of keeping a recorded history of things it's kind of like you know, family stories, family recipes, family yeah. this family that, whatever it may be, um, cars. You know, uh, unknown motorcycles. Why I said that, I have no idea. All these little <laughs> things that you know. I think it's fabulous that that's a reason why you're doing that. Please continue.
3: I mean, but that's what your books are doing, right? The art of sketch cards, like the 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 way you are interviewing people and the way you are bringing those discussions out. You know, I know collectors talking about the collections is one thing, but, you know, those collectors are historians at the same time, at least at the level that, you know, you were getting those interviews from and, and a lot of people, you know, in, uh, depending on every collection and then also having the artists and having that kind of relationship. I mean, if I don't know. There, it's, were no collectors, it's
0: there would not be a hobby. I have to say that, you know, yeah, of the yeah. companies are important. The artists are important all of that but if there was no one to collect these things be it cards sketch cards uh uh, figurines uh, what have you if there were no collectors it wouldn't exist so the collectors really are important
3: it's interesting because in some way we're seeing kind of that happening in society now where it's because of collectors we're getting certain movies we're getting certain Mm -hmm. budgets on films on characters coming to the big screen you know and and boris and julie we're kind of on the forefront of saying, oh, what do these characters look like in real life by using bodybuilders, right? Taking it from the comic imagery down to the reality of what it would look like through the physique to have these superhuman Greek mythology kind of looking uh, characters. And so much of the world right now, good and bad, is run by nostalgia and a group of people who are very protective over their hobby right or their their collections or their their memories and their attachments um but you know I I I don't know it's it's it, it really it really was one of those things where Ian and I got along we spoke really well with each other and we were just having a lot of fun and we were just so excited to get these people in the same room partly to ask our questions we've always had since mm-hmm. we were kids <laughs> since we were teens and adults and and also to allow other people to have their questions so a lot of times we open it up to the group and let people feel like they're a part of it because they are at the end of the day
1: yeah and also we, um... get... <laughs> oh yeah we sweated it was
3: bad it was embarrassing yeah. i had to take oh. off my shirt and drench it because it was just filled with sweat it was just so much it was it's really crazy <laughs> <laughs> and,
2: and julie, julie bell kind of painted off camera at that
3: point. she did well it was it was some vomiting effort I, I, Let's not talking about it, it was let's, not go, let's not go yeah, I don't it
2: don't want want to go there let's not go there
1: that wasn't our finest hour no that's strange that director's okay, like opinion it. um like i've i've been doing a few cons recently and i'm really hoping to get kids interested in sketch cards again so i was going to look into getting some blanks made you know so they could draw on them and then maybe a Facebook group so they could show them off and whatever. I'm just wondering what as collectors what would be your main selling points for collecting sketch cards?
3: I mean uh, sketch cards are I mean they're the reason everyone's unique they're the reason I mean they're the reason in my opinion and it is not the opinion at all but in my opinion You don't get better than a sketch card when you collect work from artists in any, anything like movie cards, it's the autographs, right? It's the fact that that actor held that card, signed it, and then you found it and you've always been a fan. It's that connection of like, wow, I was in the same room as them. And some people can't travel through disabilities or money or, or class or any of that kind of situation where they're not able to, have those things available to them. So there is this beautiful reaching out across the, the cosmos type of thing for it to work. But I think with Marvel cards, it is such an art-based hobby that when you get a sketch card by like when I got my pack pool sketch card of Ron Lim drawing surfer, my first silver surfer I've ever seen when I collected comic books was Ron Lim he defined what Surfer looked like to me. I was born in 85. So that was the first, my dad bought me a comic book and it was modern at the time. And you know, then I saw John Buscema, Joe Cenot and Jack Kirby, of course, later on. But you know, Ron Lim was my first Surfer. You know that, the, the shiny little flares on his back, <laughs> the way he drew them. I, you know, I immediately understood Surfer with that imagery. So when I would fi- fi- finally got a chance to own a sketch card that he drew of Surfer, Right. And I met him eventually just a couple of years ago, which was really amazing. So nice. You don't get better. Like, in my opinion, you don't get better. I don't know how it gets better. Like I rather would if I could, (laughs) if I could build up my sketch card collection of Silver Surfer, I would. It's just so impossible to find these sketch
2: cards because they are so beloved. Can I can I just interject there? Sorry. The weird. No, no, no. no. This is before we forget and move on. Ron Lim has just completed a private commission set of sketches for collectors of the group on MCCW cardstock. Yeah, bring that full circle. Yeah,
3: it's crazy. Yeah, uh, it's uh, like our buddy Drew, Drew, our buddy Drew. Yeah, yeah he hit me up about it because it was it was shortly. He he's a huge fan. He has like original art, comic book art. I'm 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 trying to get there. Um, but yeah, Drew is really close to him, and and you know, Drew was really, really nice and. I mean, it's it's amazing that that's happening. That we're having these artists now, like Ian said, draw on, you know, for the group members, which has been really really lovely to happen.
0: That's, that's really awesome. incredible. What, how do you think that your podcast hasn't has uh, impacted your group? And uh, did the group come before? The, I can't remember. I think you mentioned it. Whether the group came before the podcast? The I think came
2: it, I... first. Yeah, group came first. And um, I would say the way I think of it now is I've always said to people that the podcast is for you. It's something that yeah, we will talk about what you want to talk about, but people are generally quite shy. So we've, we've, we've amazingly not had, we didn't have much in that first year um, in terms of kind of suggestions and things. So we just kind of got on with it. But w- what's, what started happening now, it's been around longer is that we will do, things like um uh i'll post a topic because i know there's a talking point and i'll ask people to feed into it and then we'll talk about it on the podcast or every we don't do it too often because we don't kind of rely on it for content but maybe about every six months or so we'll do A, a Q&A thing where we'll just say right anyone got any hobby questions and they're actually for me in the last year or so they've been some of the most um um, exciting and engaging ones for us to get into because some of the questions you get are brilliant. You know, it's asking all sorts of stuff from, you know, in terms of products that's coming out from Upper Deck to sketch cards to, you know, questions. Uh, really, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Even like yeah. um, collectors
3: but, coming onto the podcast that people were interested in. Podcast. Yeah. yeah. Mm, that was really cool. Um, that really worked out.
2: Yeah. Well, this, this ties back in, um, I was going to say the old history thing. Empire Magazine um, in in the UK—they did a thing on their website and in the magazine a few years ago called an "Old History of the West Wing," and the the phrase just struck. And I don't think it was original; I don't think they created it, but they did a thing whereby they they interviewed everyone involved in the West Wing about the beginning of it, about you know, about the whole history of it. It was a several-part thing, and they've done it for Lord of the Rings, they've done it for a number of things, I think they've done it for Star Wars as well. Anyway, and it just—it just struck me so not only that's not just about the artists that we've been speaking to but we've been having quite a lot of collectors come on um so I'm, hopefully we're interviewing someone tomorrow i'm really excited to talk to but we've had we've had some people who just collect in some really interesting ways um we had one blessing uh, a guy called bob uh bobby who collects cards that are serial numbered out of 69 so if it's a hunt if it's uh, if it, if there's <laughs> lindsay's gone there we go um but he has that he has that response from people it's just such a fun thing you know they are people finding really fun ways to collect there's a guy who we haven't had on yet who i think is kind of unfortunately seems to have, he came into the hobby burned really bright and he kind of seems to have bounced a bit because um, you know life happens um he was just collecting beards characters with beards <laughs> He actually <laughs> changed his Facebook name to Beard Sketches for a while, and I yeah. just—I just find that the different routes people take to collecting to be so fascinating, and that's the kind of thing we're trying to bring onto the podcast as well. I love that collector. Yeah, it's just such yeah. a nice idea. And you know, Ingrid, when you do your first uh, volume of the Art of Sketch Cards, available from all good bookstores. Actually, I'm probably lying because I don't think it is, but it should be. Um, here it is. Um, um, you know we, we got wind of the fact that you were doing it and you, you came on and we you know because yeah i am um, doing the last up.
0: one this summer the very last
2: volume yeah wow. that's the thing and we didn't get you on for, we didn't get you on for volume two for reasons i think we just didn't happen but you know come on and talk about volume three um but you know i'm all up for if someone's doing something exciting and interesting come on and talk about it because i want i want the walls to come down so that people hear about stuff that's going so on. you're
0: you're that's not just about marvel then uh well uh we we are but we
2: um as in that's what we collect and that's what we talk about but we i guess our most common crossover has been on the star wars side because we're we're really good friends with Greg from the Rebel Base Car podcast um he and he started just before we did but we consider ourselves sister podcasts in that he does a similar thing but for the star wars universe yeah. um and so he's come on our show, and we've gone. On, he, he was our first crossover, actually. Um yeah. And we've gone on his show, and he recently came back on ours. And I think we're due to go on his. And it's it's really interesting. And again, we don't we don't do it really bonkers regularly, but it's interesting, especially in the last year eighteen months. There's been huge changes in the Marvel card scene, and we recently had Greg on. It's just to find out okay what's been happening in the Star Wars card scene because you know the the, the pandemic had. Yeah, big that, impact.
0: Yes, that seems to have been a common response to the, the, several of the people that we've asked that we've talked to is that the pandemic awful and terrible as it was has had an impact on collectors cuz they had nothing else to do for for those yeah. You know. So yeah, I expect that we're going to see changes coming up even more in the uh, in the uh, near future.
2: Yeah. I mean I, mean, I would I- I would wager before before um, I let norin take the baton here. No, no, no. <laughs> um, I wager that the pandemic brought n- more new people into the hobby than anything else I've seen in my time in the hobby. Yeah, crazy how that sounds.
3: No, it was, it's it was intense. Well, and and the thing that we were talking to Greg about, which was funny, was that um we got hit by a huge wave in Marvel, like two or three waves, where like things got really popular a little dip and then things got even more popular and dip and then things went through the roof and now there's a dip like and star wars now is having those waves you know what i mean because like i think a lot of people are getting priced out on sports cards and i think a lot of people as they get priced out of different sectors of the card hobby they're looking at other cards and saying well, I've always been a fan of this. I can buy this without having a bidding war and yeah, I can enjoy it. Right. You know what I mean? And and at first, I think a lot of people were really wary, like hobbies and collectors usually are when their stuff is being <laughs> looked at by other people. And they're like, no, 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 don't touch this. This is so pure. This is so perfect. But, you know, I think the the special thing is that people do, what's up, Kat? Uh, I think the special thing <laughs> is... Um, that um you know it is bringing people into the hobby in different ways people collect and i think it's really nice i think it you know and 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 of course there's been problems along the way and you know shady stuff and you know that's inevitable it's it comes with the course of, of of what it goes to you know but the truth of the matter is that ian and i have been talking since day one that at one point marvel cards in the 90s was really big and everyone collected and it was so fun to have that ability to be walking down a mall and I say mall because I was I was young back then uh walking down a mall you know what I mean go to the movies and seeing a little stall filled with Marvel cards you know or something like that
0: question for you too um seeing as you're talking about all these cards and everything what do you what do you think of small publishers even though they may not be strictly Marvel what do you think of... Uh... love it. Oh, I love it.
3: Perna, Perna Studios, for instance. Like, Perna... Ah. Yeah, I have my Halloween one up there. I, yeah, I just... I, I, I can't talk highly enough about what Tony Perna and Elaine Perna are doing. And they're doing it so right, which is the part that drives... it. It's just amazing that they even... Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't... <laughs> they got me... I, I'm very picky on what I collect. A, because I'm very picky, and B, because I'm very cheap. And I try to be very, like when things I like, I'll spend money on them, of course. But I try to be very picky because, you know, surfer can be expensive. But I did the whole binder of Halloween, one through four and witchcraft, because I'm just like, and Elena, Elaine helped me out so beautifully. She was so kind and Tony as well. And I was able to catch up so late in the game. But I mean, the thing it's about them specifically is that they know the artists so well. You know, and the group of artists, they know they have such a good eye, you know, so they always have you on or they have, you know, um, uh, you know, they got um, what's why am I blanking on this PJ? They got Stoma? They got so many people, you know what I mean? Um, All these really great artists to contribute to them. But I think they're great. And I think eventually what will happen is a lot of people will take more interest in these smaller publishing card places because they can do it right you know fanatics which is the yeah. huge new company I mean, that's like coming out they're they have a small thing as that's, well, too. That's
1: at the moment they're sold out before they've even really announced it it's crazy like, it has
3: to right i mean
1: yeah um, i'm 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 looking forward to that I'm, i work for perna now i'm, I'm i've done Yay. my second base card's coming out i'm, doing, I'm so excited on the other <sighs>
3: <laughs> oh the elements! oh I gotta look at it then. I didn't <sighs> I saw the email go out and I missed it like an idiot, but they're just so I was like I'm only gonna do Halloween, I have to be it's awesome. I'm
2: gonna
1: have to pick it up afterwards like I- like I did with
2: most of their other stuff. But um,
1: yeah, I mean for them they, they have the demand, like it- they're just sold out straight yeah. away. So yeah. I don't know if they would need to expand or you know, but, but
0: Small. So Wait. Small what's so cool about these smaller companies is that they're touching topics that the bigger companies just cannot do and it, it makes yeah. it really really interesting i find
2: yeah i they think do. a bit like small batch brewing in that regard mm. you know you do it and it has a limited lifespan it sells out and you leave them wanting more and that's actually a good thing i think um in terms of the, the business model you know as long as you, you you're able to cover your costs you know if you're hitting all your markers, you're paying your bills and you've got, maybe if you're lucky enough to have a little bit left to draw away from it, so much the better. I've, I started discovering some independent art stuff via Scoundrel actually. And the first one I properly went into was um, Axe Bones set that he started doing about 10 years ago, um, which um, I've got here in this binder just so that I've got a, a memory reference if nothing else. Um, dungeon Dolls, Treasure Chests and Booty, and yes, chests, as in chests and not as in <laughs> treasure because um, that's his style. Um, and interestingly, through both of those sets, I went in deep on one sketch artist, both of whom I now follow, um, one of whom I've met and considered to be a personal friend, um, uh, Scott Farnett, who is an American artist in, in New Jersey, and um, Elfie LeBleur. French artist who, who um,
0: I've seen
2: her across. name around. Yes, yeah, no, she's she's great. Um, I've got most of her sketch cards from Dungeon Dolls, um, which are beautiful. And I've got most of Scott Barnett's sketch cards and a piece of original art that was used for one of the base cards. Wow,
0: um,
2: that's cool. For yeah. uh, for treasure chests and booty, um, and yeah, I, I went in deep with, with his stuff. Um, and then, you know, I, I dabbled a little bit with. Um, do you remember, Ingrid? You might remember uh, Jack Red. Yes. He was, um, I, I don't know if he's still active. I haven't seen anything from him in a while. He's not
0: either.
2: He did his own set called um, uh, Dark Zodiac, which was great. And he released it in small batches for each Actually, i Actually, I, and...
0: I think I worked on that set.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and you would get, and you ordered it in small small chunks and they'd have a sketch card with each one. He even did, for a brief period, and knowing, I think I've sent you some spares of these, I had a small little sketch card size magazine. Yes! Ch- yeah, I remember that. Yeah, um, and I think I think he only came out with maybe two or three issues of it. It's such a cool idea, and he he's in the UK as well. Um, so I'd love to track him out. Sci-fi cards, Ed's promos. I love the fact that there's loads of artists you know, doing doing work on his things. Um, I had a brief for borrow- into sketchbooks from people, but Rhiannon Aaron's yeah, oh, that's cool. Got one of Fred Ian's in the other room and things like that. So, so yeah, I've, I've kind of dabbled into it. It's a it's a it's a deep thing to go into because you know, throw a rock and you could hit a hundred artists whose so work is worthy of purchasing and getting into it this way. So, um, yeah, sure. so
3: you, you know,
2: I've kind of been quite focused with it. Um, yes. You know, and I found a
0: couple of artists that I love, and I go after their things. That's incredible. Yeah. So your 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 podcast has really added a lot onto your group and your ability to collect and meet people with that. What do you think the what What do you see as the future for your podcast? Um, do you intend to continue for, like, eternally, or is this something? Yes yeah well um
2: as long as as long as a we enjoy doing it because i've often joked with wow. Lauren, but it's actually true but it is a little bit of therapy for us certainly for, <laughs> certainly me. Yeah. I, I don't i genuinely um i yeah, living over here i don't have any contact with anyone who collects or thinks about cards other than through the group through the podcast um i've made friends through the group um you know i've uh, i consider a lot of the creators to now be personal friends because you know they've helped out and they've been on the podcast a lot and we, we talk on messenger And you know for me it's a lifeline to a, a scene that exists it's always virtual for me you know because I've, I've you know i've not i've not met norwich in the flesh ever you know so uh well then he knows uh, not, not, that that. Yeah, I know, watch that <laughs> dog hanging around outside the house every week. But we won't talk about that. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, so from that from that point of view, you know that that offers a good personal kind of well being and enjoyment aspect of the hobby. Um, I think as long as there's stuff to talk about and people who want to talk to us, we'll we'll, we'll keep doing it. Yeah, you know, I'm about to move house, as I think I mentioned and in my plans. I have to convert the garage because we don't have a car so why not um to a small studio so that i can do more audio visual more time zone friendly times of day because quite often when there's stuff happening that you know like this evening for example there's a big thing happening on instagram where loads of creators i think no you're on they're going to gather around and you know open a box of cards or something like that you know what? it's going to be free in the morning for me like that happens your logo's on it, so <laughs> I assume you. What do. is going on with that, by the way? People keep
3: throwing my logo on things like. They yeah, want me.
2: <laughs> no, it's, it's it's Joshua. You'll have to have to have a, have a word. Joshua, I should never have <laughs>
3: given him that logo. He throws <laughs> it on everything now. He's like, oh come on!
2: He's got it tattooed to his left butt cheek. <laughs> I'm going to summon. him. I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm make sure yeah.
3: he's on there. Yeah, did, you realize
2: did. that just by mentioning him, you have summoned him, and he will appear. <laughs> <to> death onto <laughs> this very <laughs> podcast right now. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, so you know. So that I can kind of be doing a little bit more, you know. Now my daughter's getting a little bit older, and you know I've got a bit more, more um, bandwidth to do stuff. Hopefully, I, I can get more involved from that point of view. But I don't know. No one and I've talked about doing other podcasts. We, we, yeah, it's, it's it's purely a time and time zone issue from my point of view. Yeah,
3: that's what it ends up being. I mean. We definitely talk. It's funny, Ingrid. You you asked this before, and and I, I don't. I think I, I didn't get a chance to say any, say say something about it. But it's weird. It's a podcast about Marvel cards, but you're right. It is also a podcast on the hobby, on a larger scope. You know what I mean? Because we have spoken to a lot of collectors who did lord of the rings ninja turtles you know what i mean star wars star trek and we have and i think what's really good and and i think we were responsible for partly of this is giving marvel card collectors because there was a time where collecting marvel cards was becoming a little bit of a headache because the amount of people who were trying to get in who were charging a lot of money for things that were probably not should have been that high but people didn't know and knowledge was scarce and you know it it affects us because we don't want people to get taken advantage of and we talked about this a lot so what we would do is like ian went on a star trek journey where he went back to star trek still on it it. it. and like i i started collecting the mandalorian i missed one of your cards ingrid i'm so mad It was a profile of Mandalorian. I forgot what it was for Masterworks. It was so beautiful because you did like the sunset thing on him. Uh, I got to show it to you. It's so cool. And it was just so beautifully done. And I missed it like an idiot. But we've been like, you know, having these collections and and stuff like that. And these little breaks and these hobby talks. And we talk about Perna's work all the time. You know, the Perna Studios cards. I don't know. It has become a little bit more.
2: Has become sending us. He keeps sending us rude voicemails. We've got another two.
3: He is ridiculous. He keeps ridiculous his on every level on the podcast. Um, It's so funny. And then he giggles about him when we see him. It's pretty yeah. great. He gets yeah. so excited. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. funny. I like, you, I like it.
2: Have you heard the Christmas card story?
3: No he sent us Christmas cards. Sent
2: us Christmas cards and wonderful Christmas cards. Well, uh, mine, I don't can't remember what yours had on mine. I had little loads of little woodland creatures in a little scene and yeah, there was I was close to that, and yours was close to that. And then in January, he was he was hitting me up on message, going, "Oh, can you send me? A, I want to make sure we don't give you the same card again next year. Can you send me a picture of it?" And Of course, I didn't spot anything wrong. No one did. Because no, the same to yeah. you. And you, you immediately had the alarm bells going off. I didn't. So in the end, I found this card, um, and I took a photo of it and sent it to Tony. And I had even then, I didn't see that he had drawn penises on two of them he hit it he hit it he hit gentelia everywhere the forest creature scene was was no longer and we had it on display (laughs) for over a month and she hadn't noticed either (laughs) no one noticed our christmas photos were
3: filled with them people were disturbed and the no just kidding no it was great though it was pretty funny but it definitely took this woodland creature sweet (laughs) innocent thing I looked at the card and I could hear the chicka-chicka-wow-wow wow, just like singing over it as I looked at the card. And Perna. also... I oh, wow. forgot he did that.
1: That's
2: he sent heard. you one as well of silver yeah, stuff.
1: Chromed out. Okay, for those oh, who, who are... Is chromed. I, mine's actually chromed. Wanted, I actually wanted to start a collection of drawing... That well, like you know, like really quickly, like you when you're at school in a textbook before anybody saw you. Yes, I yes. want a collection of those with the signatures underneath because I bet that all looks so different. It'd oh, be For those who
0: can't. For those who are listening to the podcast and not watching oh. the video, I cannot tell you exactly what uh, what Ian just showed us.
2: Oh, well, I will. You can
0: imagine. And <laughs> I <has> will. Very <laughs> nice hats on and everything and all yeah. that
2: stuff. So. It's a character <laughs> called Todd the Tiny Penis. And uh, Tony Pona draws Todd <laughs> in cosplay as different Marvel characters and mm-hmm. sends them to people in the post unsolicited. So, um, okay. Unsolicited which well, is Unsolicited I might add um, <laughs> This is my This is my new intake of, of Black Cat cards <clears throat> That I've got To Flucky. sort through and put into my spreadsheet And that's file so and, and This is my new intake Of sketch cards <laughs> Of Black Cat Including this rather nice AP Oh that's
0: beautiful
2: Wow that I didn't get commissioned Someone else did But um
3: even. Oh, is that the one you've been wanting? No, um, that's stunning, though. I forgot which it one you were stunning. telling me about last time. It's beautiful. I,
2: you know what? I honestly can't remember.
3: Um, yeah, are so talking it, about something uh, for a while.
0: You've gotten in. You've gotten back into Star Trek. What, yeah, are thinking, prefer... what are you thinking of the new shows lately?
2: Well, I haven't seen Strange New Worlds yet. Uh, oh, well, you, it's very good. You, well, I think it's you No, know, I want to. I want to because um, I've... You might see me wrinkle off my nose when you ask me that question, and that's because Discovery, I, I have issues with Discovery. Um, Discovery started really well, season one. I thought it was terrific and wonderful because it's set just before Kirk's um, era. Um, and New Worlds has kind of spun off from that because, spoilers, but it's four years old, so forget it, Um, At the end of Discovery season one, the uh, Discovery meets up with the Enterprise, but it's under the command of Captain Pike at that point. So it's the first crew of the Enterprise. And so Star Trek Strange New World, this new one has carried on with Captain Pike and crew who were a big part of season two of Discovery. Season three of Discovery, however, for me, completely found every shark in the book and jumped it. Um, And I've I've bailed on it because I have... I, I, I applaud to some degree, the earnestness with which they're embracing diversity um, in the storylines and casting in Star Trek Discovery. But I think they've gone a little bit too far. It's become a little bit too much. It just feels like woke Trek. Woke, it feels like woke Trek to me now. Um, and the, the issue I've had with Star Trek is that it never had to try that hard to, to be diverse, to, to embrace diversity. It was just, just kind of Taken as red in that world, it diversity was part of the DNA it. of that world. Yeah. And so, I and I don't know if that's reactive to uh, the political situation in the US. I don't know if that's uh, a particular decision that's being taken on behalf of the creators and the cast. I don't know. Um, I just found it a little bit too much, so I've, I've kind of bailed on it. But Star Trek Discovery season one and some elements of two I absolutely love. Picard, I'm carrying on with because I love Patrick Stewart, but I'm, I'm struggling with season two. Really?
0: I like him, actually really but, like um, him.
2: Yeah, I, I, I tell you what I'm finding difficult is that Patrick Stewart is still incredible to watch, and he's still better on Picard now than most people on their finest day, but he's clearly declining as he's, with his advancing years, and you can see it, and that I'm having trouble with. Because uh, I, I don't know.
0: Actually, if I may say, I, I totally appreciate your point of view on that. I find, yes, it's very obvious he's, de- he's declining and all of that. But at the same time, we're all going down that road. Why not? Oh, if- of course. Shh. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Um, you know, it, I mean, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah, I don't see the point of trying to put us in the closet the minute we it's start. Not. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, that's not
2: the sole reason I'm having trouble with it. I think, I think the pacing and some of the story decisions in series two are just a bit. Oh. It could. Have, I always find it. I always find it a bit frustrating. And Noreen and I have talked about this with other shows, the Book of Boba Fett, to name one. When you do a seven or eight episode season, and you could have told the story in four. Uh. I, I have
3: haven't a seen problem that. with, yeah, Book of Boba Fett, the conversation, and this has happened with um, Obi-Wan, which I won't say anything because that's really, really new I just watched the anyway.
0: second episode last night. All I'll say is that I'm really on board with it. Sorry. I'm I really,
3: I and and this is, so these conversations are so hard because like I've done this stuff for a long time and I, and I really look at, you know, the, the Book of Boba Fett, the issue I have with that show was that, the direction wasn't right. You know, the story was interesting. Characters are interesting, but the direction and certain repeating things just wasn't right for the show. Like there just things that weren't right there. And, you know, like I'm just I'm finishing up uh, Deep Space Nine now, finally. So we're in the final oh. season of DS9 for Star Trek. And we kind of stopped because we heard what happened to Jadzia Dax and, you know, how the creator of the show was hassling that young woman, that actress, And so we had stopped watching because we heard all the disgusting things that were happening there, you know, standard Hollywood stuff. Um, And, but we came back to DS9 because we always heard like the later half of the season was so well written and so beautifully done. And, And the new lady they brought on was an amazing actress in her own right. So we ended up getting back into it. But, you know, Star Trek has this, like Ian was saying before, you just understood that in the future, there weren't the issues we have now. Like that's what I liked, loved about Next Generation was that when you'd watch the show, you just understood innately as like, oh, all the stupid stuff we're dealing with now, they see as primitive. And that's what was so ingenious. Because you would have those conversations. It's not like they weren't there or they were, you know, uh, not acknowledged. It's that if they did come up, they were like, That's so primitive. Why would you think that way?
0: What did you think of Voyager? What did you think of Voyager?
3: I haven't started Voyager. I know Voyager and we watched a couple episodes and um, I haven't started yet, but I'm, I'm actually really excited. We're almost yeah, done to, with I, doing won't
0: anything, um, oh, um, I won't say anything. I'm excited. It's like 20
2: years here. since I watched it. I can't I can't I can't remember. I met Tim Ross who plays Tuvok. The very few conventions we have over here. He came over <laughs> came over a couple of years ago and i got a photo him. Oh, that's cool. Um, and he was he was kind of imagining um but cuddly and um but no for me i went back into the um uh, just to t- touch back on cards i i started back uh, just over 10 years ago on some star trek movie sets from written house mm-hmm. they brought out these um star trek uh, the complete movies and then movies in motion was the second one i think they did a few others as well and they had autographs on card autographs as written house do so brilliantly true, you know um from all of the original Star Trek movies. So, not the J.J. Abrams, Kelvin verse, or whatever it's called, but you know, Star Trek's one through six generations, first contacts, insurrection, and nemesis. So, you know, the 10 the ten OG. Um, so, all of those. And um, it's brilliant because you've got on cold autos from Ricardo Montauban, who's passed away now, you've got on cold autos from obviously Nimoy uh, all the original cast I don't think i think James Doohan had passed the time I started doing those and so DeForest Kelly all the other original cast who are in the movies are on there you know people who are in the movies in relatively small roles who are huge elsewhere like Christian Slater you know Kim Cattrall you know both from Star Trek 6 um, you know, actors who are just absolutely incredible, who are no longer with us. There's so many of those in those movies, especially the early ones. Now, um, and I, I'd done, I had maybe twenty autographs from it, and I think it ended up at about 150. And in the last year, I've just been moving through them. I've got maybe 20 to go. Wow, um, Lindsay, I'm did you ever get
0: Patrick? Okay. Um,
1: I've. <sighs> I did used to watch Star Trek, but not religiously, so I, I just got the odd episode here and there. A lot of, uh, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of what I saw had um, Patrick Stewart in it. Next Generation,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Mm. Is that Voyager, that one?
2: That's Star Trek and the Next Generation.
1: That's Next Generation, yeah, that's mm. most of what I've seen. And I used to watch some of the old ones for some comedy value, you know, with the old Kirk and... The eyeliner and the overacting yeah you know, i used to enjoy those but that's as far as i got with star trek to be honest a couple of movies maybe
0: what do you think um what do you think the card community in general could could use the most of right now
2: love <laughs> i say that slightly flippantly off the top of my head but um there is a grain of truth in that in that it's been uh, there's been a few of those waves over the last year 18 months in marvel cards especially and i've seen an awful lot of people falling out with each other have a crazy 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 shit of my friends. um but it's just like this is cards people just need to chill out a little bit and just enjoy them so i think um is that is that weird polarization you get just with the internet existing and social media that it, you know on all sorts of things, um, and it's unfortunate. Just that behaviour just spills over into places where people
1: hang out on Facebook and you know
2: and groups Fills. like that. Unfortunately,
1: so I just wish people could get get a, a hold on their emotions again. So you can have a, have a, have a yeah, yeah, a
2: little bit. And you know, to be fair, it, it's I'm not talking. You know, it's not the majority of stuff. An awful lot of people are just enjoying, uh, are just enjoying it. Um, I would say um, uh, patience. Um, there's an awful lot of FOMO around at the moment with the, um, some products being hot and there's a dearth of new product, which is causing a lot of pent-up frustration for Marvel cards because various reasons that we're blessed that Upper Deck do come and talk to us about on the podcast. Um, their products aren't coming out as fast as they'd like and there's a big product coming up that everyone is just waiting for that is going to drive people nuts. You know it's a spider-man set and it's going to be um yeah it's, it's just you know you wait for ages for a bus to come along and then three come along at once but it's going to be like that this year if upper deck managed to get their release schedule back on track um so i'd say i'd say patience with it because my my theory is and i've done this myself is that people will overspend and they'll end up in a bit of debt um and I think what you've got to realise is you've just got to chill out and just like, pick, pick your battles and then just play the long game with it. Um, because it's collecting, but people put themselves in a little bit of a tight spot financially collecting some of the stuff at the moment. You know, I've seen it happen to, you know, I can think of six people off the top of my head who've had to bow out of the hobby over the last year for one reason or another because they've been overspending. Uh, because of that FOMO. So, yeah, yeah. It, it is real. So I think, you know, I think patience with it and just collecting what you can afford. It's easy to say, but
1: not easy to do. Well, like you said earlier, with, with the lockdown coming along and people starting to collect a lot more, um, I read a lot of stories on Facebook, people getting in actual fist fights over the sets and stuff, you know, you so they can flip them and sell them on. And it, it was, all, I don't know what, what your shelves are looking like now for... Um, collectible cards in the u.s are they still all bare or is it calming down a little bit
3: i think what's what happened in the u.s you know from my vantage point it's the the one i have um (laughs) i think people i think people were very frantic and i think people like ian so beautifully put it the fomo i think there were multiple reasons why people were collecting a lot of the times pre-pandemic, people were collecting because they had in the past, or they're looking for something that they can keep their mind at ease on and get into. And anytime you do any kind of collecting, the mentality of many collectors, even from the most uh, serious to the most uh, leisure, you know, the most the most relaxed collector, it is a sense of like, well, I want to collect. You know, anytime you make a decision, it's like, oh, I want to own this piece that's desirable. You have built up conflict already, right? I mean, that's like perfect antidote for a story. It's like there's conflict there because you're gonna gonna have to overhit an obstacle at one point uh, because people are not gonna want to let things go, or you know, it's gonna be expensive, or you're gonna have to compromise certain things. And I think when new people came in, you had that plus other motives. A lot of people wanted to. Build up the hobby. A lot of people wanted to become an influencer. A lot of people wanted to open up businesses. A lot of people wanted to, um, you know, monopolize or or even you know, multiply their own worth, their investment through multiple genres. You know, and a lot of people also came into the hobby thinking, "I'll just pick up the biggest stuff. Nobody will know, and I bounce," and what they found out was that (laughs) you can't find it (laughs) because it's already, it's with people who really love it. And I think that was a big difference for a lot of people coming from like sports cards. It's not that they don't love their cards at all. Like that has nothing to do, I'm not taking that away from them whatsoever. But I think the idea for Marvel card collectors and collectors of any kind of artwork, you know, and IPs like Turtles, Ghostbusters, Twilight Zone, Star Trek, Star Wars, you know what I mean? Lord of the Rings, all these really great brands is that when we look at a card, we're not just like, oh, look, it's out of five. Cool, right? Oh, it's of a player who has these stats. Cool. It's more like, this is like a piece of my identity. You know, this helped me understand something about myself that I couldn't understand alone from how I lived in my house or whatever, right? It was this piece of like, wow, this this helped me develop to the person I am now in some way. You know, and I think when you have those connections to anything, it becomes far more difficult to let it go, right? And I I think that's what was happening to a lot of collectors, is is they felt those deep connections. And so when people try to come in and try to pick things up and, you know, privilege, you know. uh, um, It's almost like
0: they're trespassing on something really important to them.
3: And that's what, and I think that's where the aggression, like Ian was saying, like first response was love. That was in my head too. Cause I was just like, you know, it, it really is kind of, it's difficult for a lot of people to be okay with what's happening right now. And it's a difficult thing to be okay with. So it's understandable, but at the end of the day, to get yourself riled up, to say things you normally would not say in person to someone, to think you understand somebody just by a couple sentences on a comment yeah you know that's a very that's a once you go down that road you're making so many assumptions in your head that you can't you, you become unforgiving you become confused and you say things you would normally never say mm-hmm. you know and, and it's not it ruins people's days you know what I mean and, and it, ma- it makes life harder for people and there's no reason to make someone's life harder if you can help it
0: and these times are hard enough as it is, and uh, difficult enough to deal with it as it is. It's kind of maybe let's just have some fun.
3: Yeah, and I think we're getting back to that. Yeah, I, I think there's some idea. positive fun. <laughs> yeah, fun. Let's <laughs> make like, so like this fun. Yeah, I think we're getting back to that. I think we're moving I there. Know I, if think...
0: we are. I don't know. I, I hope so. <laughs> turn the news off sometimes now it's just i can't t- i can't deal with it anymore But <laughs> Lindsay and i have discussed it when we because we're we're, rel- we're pretty new actually as a podcast and not like you guys you guys have been there for three years now which by the way bravo bravo uh, well done you know super well done yeah but Lindsay and i we talked in the beginning that if ever it is not fun we will not do it because yeah. there's just too many things that no I really hope that you guys can continue on and um, be good examples for us over here. We're like, we were saying before, we're kind of like, uh, I don't know, mirror images, your podcast and our podcast, you've got a UK connection and a US connection. Lindsay and I have a UK connection, a Canadian connection. So it's, and we're, you know, two girls, two guys. It's kind of cool. You know, <laughs> Brady bunch. I love of, it. The, the punk <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> Um, do you have anything that you'd like to say about either the hobby collecting, podcasting, or Marvel that we have not touched on that you feel you would like to share with anybody listening or watching?
2: Okay, great. Um, well, while I think about that, the first thing I will say is that I would love you guys to come onto our podcast soon. And we can ask you loads of questions to find out more about you because I'm dying to find out more about you, Lindsay. Because I didn't know you existed until Linker started this thing. So, um, so let's, let's 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 do that definitely because um, I think it'd be great for folks to. Um, I think it helps if everyone kind of cross promotes each other and builds each other up. You know, it's just it's always a good thing to do. Um, definitely. So, I
1: mean, I'm so interested to come and and check out your group. I mean, I, unfortunately, I've never worked done any work for Upper Deck yet um my career kind of went in a different way but uh yeah it sounds like a great group of people as well so i'd love to join the group and have you know have a socialize and everything it'll
2: be fun it'll be
1: fun people would love to see those cat images
3: man i'd love to see the illustrations on there that'd be awesome that'd be so cool
1: all dogs as well you can have a look at them yes (laughs) (laughs) that
2: marvel it's gone to the dogs isn't it it's gone (laughs) to the dogs Gone to the dogs. I can't remember what the question was now. What was the question? Anything else? To... You say? Do you want, to add, Do you want um, to add
1: anything? Can I ask you? Can you please say in Michael Caine voice? You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> Don't
2: throw bloody spears at me. Sorry, no, that wasn't the quote, was it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> supposed to blow the bloody doors off. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. <laughs>
1: That's good, man. It's good. And I've been drinking. That, like, all the way through i'm thinking you sound a bit like
0: michael Caine. lindsey did you watch that series that had michael Caine in it it was like a he he plays completely bananas uh, murder terrible person i can't remember the name of the series i watched it last year he is so good in it (laughs) what's the name of that um oh i'm gonna look for that no uh uh oh I'm sure that somebody who's listening or watching is going, "You idiot! It's such and such a show. You got to look it up. I watched it on Netflix last year. It's really watchable. It's a little takes a oh, cool. so to get into, but Michael Caine is really delicious to watch. He's just dripping character and stuff. And oh yeah, it's very good. It's really really good. good uh, but I don't know we'll right the name of it, but just I'm sure that it's in his IMBD or something. No right.
2: one's researching it as, as I'm just as checking.
1: As, <laughs> no no <laughs> one is my research. People <laughs> watch your podcast. Is it on YouTube? Is it on Spotify? Is it? Uh,
2: we're audio, uh, we're primarily audio. Uh, we did We did start doing because no, one, no one's kind of background and, 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 and forte is more sort of video. Um, we did do uh, video uh quite a lot during lockdown but it it just you know as time basically we kind of just you know went back to our core audio because i think doing both was just not uh sustainable um so it's primarily audio um we do have a youtube channel though but uh you can basically find us just by googling at the mcc pod
1: okay mcc pod yeah okay
2: google that and you'll find us everywhere facebook the twitter the twitter the
1: twitter experiencing video and um is there anything that's like dead simple and free that people can use to edit videos that you know of around at the moment
3: so if you buy a mac computer it usually has something called iMovie so you can kind of go there um there's a lot of editing features on the phone so a lot of people who do instagram videos will edit on their phone and they can add clips in there fairly easy
2: um, there are some what free apps, programs, huh? What apps, because I've been what apps? Because there's a plethora of apps, and I've got loads on my phone, and I haven't got a clue how to work any of them. And half of them <laughs> seem to sort of go to paid stuff when you want to do something decent. So yeah, so it's really it's it's really phone, difficult. It. So I have I have the Adobe
3: suite because you know I do I do Photoshop stuff, I do artwork. Um, and and other stuff like that, and so I've always and I've, I'm an editor by 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 trade mm-hmm. and, and by occupation. Do you can have
2: that on your phone. Though?
3: Um, when you do it on your phone, so basically you can go Adobe CC, and you can get like twenty dollars a month, and you can do it for free on your phone. Um, it's not that's Lightroom. Not for that's free. for photos. That's twenty a month. <laughs> well, in the sense that you can like actually like do what you want on the phone. Because when you yeah. need a computer to do video editing, it has to have certain capabilities. Otherwise, the computer sounds like it like me running up a hill. It's just like <gasps> just dying. Um, so it can be pretty, pretty bad. Well, and the issue too is that Ian and I do such long format pieces like you guys do with podcasts. I mean, podcasts are long format. They're like over an hour or two mm-hmm. hours, depending. So when you do that in a video, it takes forever to render that to upload it. And then we also have edits because Ian has, you know. Prom staying on script <laughs> and I'm no, just kidding potty I do too mouth. I have a potty mouth too so we have to be really careful with each other to be like okay we got to edit this cuss word out like 20 times um,
2: and, and <laughs> which like always playing. happens and I like playing so on the audio side of things I use um, audacity which is yeah. free on Windows. I don't know um, if it, it's, it's on.
0: on you can get it on MacBook, too, and I, yeah. I, I've been using it.
2: Yeah, so I, I use that for audio, and I'm, I've kind of been learning how to do it. I mean, no one does the, the main mix, because I'm useless at the, the adding the music and stuff, but then I, I'll always listen through to it on Audacity and bleep out any curse words, um, simply so that we can go in the clean category in, in iTunes. Um, and um, uh, I'll often... I, add on little things after the credits or put in little sound effect things. Or There was one episode. I think it was that Christmas one. I put a log fire underneath this part of the episode. The whole that thing. Like it, it, it. I'm the I just ed- love that audio soundscape idea.
0: I'm, I'm the one who's learning to do the video editing, which I, when we started this podcast, I know that much about video editing. So I started with iMovie and now I'm learning LumaFusion. And I'm wanting to... Um, I've been wanting to put little funny things like, you know, they have in the movies. That would be too much time. I just don't have the time for that. But but like you were just saying there, maybe it reminded me. It was like, oh, I'd, I'd love to put little weird things at the very end. At the very yeah. end of the and nobody ever watches, you know. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
2: I'm always <laughs> doing that. I'm always doing that. Well, no one did one by mistake the other week because I think when you send the, over the audio track, sometimes you've used a, a bass or whatever it is from a previous thing. And, yeah,
3: sometimes it gets lost so, in there.
2: Yeah, which went unintentional 10-minute gap after the end of the credits. And then it just ended up with you saying something as a quote. And everyone was like, why was there a 10-minute gap? And I was like, was there anything at the end of that? Because I suddenly, I suddenly fast-forwarded and <laughs> heard it because I missed it. Yeah,
3: um, yeah.
1: It's a secret track on an album. Why not? It is. It is. <laughs> it's it's a just a deep like cut, man.
3: <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we overhauled a contest. I'm going to be like, what happened after that 10-minute gap on episode blank, blank, blank? we yeah. have i'm helping us with content that's what i'm thinking yeah. Yeah. okay i
1: love it yeah <laughs> i'm gonna drop loads of swear words in ingrid so you have to spend ages editing them when oh! <laughs> oh, oh, on the
2: on the on the images side of things um because i'm i'm largely resigned re- re- to the phone because um just as kids um and i don't have a uh, a mac as well i've got a pc um, and generally speaking, Macs are better for images. So on the iPhone, there's an app called uh, that Greg uh, uh, from Rebel Base Card recommended. It used to be called Over. but I was the app quite- was called Greg then, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. App, uh, search Greg in the App Store and you'll get his podcast. <laughs> that would be great if you could do that. That would be good. Um, but um, no, there's an app called, it used to be called Over. I think it's now called Studio. That's it. It's, it because It's been acquired by GoDaddy. And I do all the imagery for the podcast in there. And it's got all the basic stuff. You can do templates and then you can stab layers and, you know, front and back and fade and all that sort of stuff. And it's, it's really good. Um, The
3: black hat one you just did looked really good. I just saw that.
2: Yeah. And it's just, it's just fun. You can just futz around with it and just, you know, create something and just, just have fun with it. And, you know, each year we've, and we've, we've blatantly stolen this idea from Greg. Um he every year he changes his um um artwork that he does on his visual tiles for Instagram to reflect a different colour series of the Star Wars trading cards because they came out in I think the first set was blue, then it was red, then it was green. And that yeah. was on year three of his podcasting on green, for example. That's right. right. He's got six colours to do with the original Star Wars set, and then Empire Strikes Back has got another design and he's he's recreated, and you do this, Norrin. We created the border designs from scratch. Yeah, make them look spot on, which is also done with the trading cards. So, um, so each year we do that, and I think the current one is based on like the PMG, the hot PMG cards. And it's just, it's so much fun just to like fit images around it and have things that complement it. And maybe sometimes break the fourth wall with it and have something slightly comes over it, and it's just, yeah, it's so much fun doing that.
0: That's really cool. <laughs> really? Yeah, it gives you something fun to do, and for those who like yeah. collect things, they can collect cards from podcasts. I mean, how
2: awesome! Ooh, is yeah, that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, we're, we're, I mean, I'm hoping we'll get to do more card stuff.
1: Did um, okay, yeah, you do any giveaways or anything like that? You've mentioned it, some something about cards a little bit, but do you have sketch card artists doing anything for you, or give out promos or? Anything um, like
3: that? We've had Not, we've had a lot of nice things happen for we us. We have
1: had some
2: giveaways, haven't we? Yeah, we did. Um, yeah. We have. Uh, we had Warren Martinek on episode one hundred, yeah. um, and he That's very kindly so nice. gave away um, an AP um, that we ran as a competition on Instagram. Um, and we've had a couple of um, boxes uh, that we've given away from time to time. Uh, generally speaking, we always we've always. Um, opened each episode and we've got a little bank of them now and ingrid you, you've been on one of them because you were on one of our episodes um of audio files from artists or people in the hobby where we'll say to them hi this is such and such and you're listening to the marvel car collectors podcast well i blatantly lifted that from a sports podcast that used to have hockey players say that because it was about cool. um, hockey um so uh, before we even put our first episode out i messaged handful of artists and so the very first words you'll hear on any on our first episode of um marvel car collectors podcast is judy bell because her intro was on episode one wow and then we what we try and do is we try and um make sure that we um talk about their work on the on the episode certainly if it's the first time they've been on if they're a sketch artist obviously someone like julie or or boris people, people know their stuff they don't need us pimping their work um but um um and then we you know we'll link and tag them when we put out
3: the uh, and we'll go through their Instagram page too. Yeah, so yeah. like we always like especially artists who are new on the scene or are yes. fairly new, we always I don't know, we've tried so hard to make sure the podcast helps people understand what an AP is, helps people understand how to reach yeah. out to artists because the money should be going to artists, period. Yeah. So like a lot of the podcast is about uh, arranging that kind of relationship mm. and we've done we've done a lot of work for 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 people that have done really well which mm. has been really awesome you know what I mean? and it's we've fantastic. had you know
2: we've had we've had some artists come on the show who um you know a lot of them i would you know i've made friends you know mike munch yeah they're really lovely people um did this black cat for me
0: how oh, nice
2: and it's on our Card stock, which was yeah. created and printed and issued by Jay Lee yeah, who's been on the show a number of times as well. So, you know, we you know when I say friends of the podcast, they they literally are that, you know, it's not yeah. just a oh. phrase, you know, friend of the show, and they are friends of the house. So, um, George Vega, who came on,
3: George Vega, so nice,
2: did, did did off his own back.
3: So yeah, I, I have mine in here.
2: Sketch card that he chose to do on stock. So nice. It's you know it's it's lovely. So you know um, yeah we're blessed.
0: You know? We're gonna have to slowly um, close one off, uh, unfortunately, because it could be so much fun to talk for hours more with you guys. You're you're super interesting to talk with. Um, we'd love to have you on again at one point if you'll if you'll accept the invitation. Um, so any last any, last, any last words from you, Lindsay, before we. Uh... Oh, excuse me. No, I think we've covered everything. I've just been having
1: a great laugh today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's so I would really love to have a special to have you guys on again to talk, especially because it would be great for Lindsay and, uh, and Ian to maybe talk a little bit how you can build the card community in the UK so that, us Americans yeah. can go over there and bother you all, and yeah. <laughs> well, wow. thank you, thank you so much for having been on the podcast. This has really been an interesting talk. I, I hate to cut it short, but we will have you guys back on. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the evening, um, uh, Noren Because uh, I guess it's pretty getting pretty late over there for you and Lindsay, eh? No, no, <laughs> Ian. That's right. Too many continents. Yeah. To
2: worry about. it's Ian who's it's, getting late. Yeah, it's it, it's always getting late for me, even at ten in the morning. Quite frankly, I'm always
3: looking forward to
2: that. Yeah, I'm always ready to go to bed. You know what it's like. Later. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the Warren I'm, I'm and I that are on the uh, it's it's ready. Me. for us. Yeah. yeah, you'll be you'll be getting
2: ready for lunch soon. Um, I will be going and uh, getting a glass of wine. <laughs>
0: I approve of that. I approve
2: that. <laughs> Thank you
3: so much for having us. Thank this you. It was a blast. It was so fun talking to you, and we love what you guys are doing. And I just, I can't wait for more episodes. You're both doing such amazing work. Thank you so much.
2: And and I loved, I loved the episode you did with Harris because I, I know it's, I know you've met Harris before, and you, you know, been to come i've never met harris and i've always kind of had him a bit on a pedestal because you know non-sport update and all that sort of stuff so next time you speak to him say hi Say hi. <laughs> <laughs> me in particular
0: <laughs> we'll do that that's the point of what we're like that of what we're trying to do is is to honestly meet everyone and you mm. know in a, in, a, in a relaxed and friendly way and uh, we have we have plans for what we'd like to do don't know if we'll get to do them but we have plans but so exciting. thank you again, and uh, we shall reach out f- for the next um, for the next interview. Yay! Absolutely. you
2: so much again. Thanks, guys.
3: Bye-bye. Happy Bye-bye. collecting, everybody.
2: Enjoy collecting.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please leave a review wherever you listen. This helps people find us. All links to guests or sites mentioned will be in the show notes. You can find Lindsay on Facebook at Lindsey Grayling Sketchcards or search for Cartoon Cosplay. You can find me at IngridKVHardy.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com/Ingrid.KV.Hardy. This podcast is independently funded, meaning the costs come from our pockets. If you'd like to help with even just a couple of dollars, become a patron at patreon.com slash ingridhardy. Music and audio editing for this podcast is done by Victor Besset. If you have any feedback on today's episode or want to suggest a question of the week, email us at thepenciledpodcast at gmail.com, tweet us at InPenciled on Twitter, or on Instagram, where we are, at the pencil podcast. We'd love to hear from you.